grave shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that brought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he loved all my faults and saw my need. I shall forever my eyes to Calvary. me He looked beyond 
choir say he looked oh yes he did he looked me oh And some money. Anybody have that testimony this morning? Do I'm willing to say I know God, it was God's amazing grace. He looked beyond my faults and saw my knees. Save my wretched soul, because I could not save myself. You know, we sing that song sometimes, and we sing it in past, like in a past tense kind of thought. He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. But the truth is, he's looking beyond our faults right now. He, he's still looking beyond our faults. He's still supplying all that we need in spite of ourselves. So all I'm simply trying to say, church family, I'm not saying it with any spirit of righteous indignation that every day ought to be a day of thanksgiving. Every day ought to be a hallelujah, thank you, Lord, day. Every day ought to be a day where we take time just say, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, because you love me in spite of me. I mean, that, and don't get me wrong. We, there's some, there, we, we, we do have brothers and sisters in Christ who, who truly walk what they talk. They truly, in fact, believe what they say, and they do their very best to, to live that. I'm not one of those, those, those Christians that say, everybody, we ain't doing it. No, you can't speak for nobody but you. But what I'm saying is that even those of us who do our very best to be everything God wants us to be, we still owe him a, a gratitude of thanks that we could never repay. So no matter what happens in your lives or my life, I ought to still be able to say, God, thank you. Because, Lord, I've got a history with you. I've got a track record with you, Lord. And the same way you brought me out of that, Lord, I know you'll bring me out of this. So, God, I thank you for just being you all by yourself. Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Whether I'm up or down, there's one somebody that's always with me. There's one somebody always has my back. One somebody that'll tell me about myself and still love me anyway. Oh yeah, he'll deal with me now because he's a holy God. He's got to deal with my unrighteousness. But he'll love me in spite of. He'll deal with me. And then he'll say, come on son, I still love you. Yeah, 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 I spanked you. I got you but I still love you. God is so good to us. Do you recognize we live in a country where we can do this 
not only on Sundays, we can do this every day of the week if we want to. We can have a church service every day of the week if we want to. And we're not worried about nobody kicking in and the doors coming here with guns and arresting none of us. And I say that because there are places, and you've heard me say it before, there are places where folks can't do this, y'all. There are places where folks want to. They don't even want to come into a building nice as this. They'd be glad to meet in the barn we got over there. They'd be glad to go over to that big barn we have over there and worship God in that setting because they don't have anything else. So let's not, let's not take God's goodness for granted. Never, never, ever. Father, we thank you that you are so good, that you did look beyond our faults and see our needs. It's your amazing grace that saves our souls. And it's your amazing grace that will save the souls of anyone who's willing to humble himself or herself. Ask that you forgive our sins. Say we believe you are the risen Savior. And then, Lord, you say you will save our souls. Not only that, Lord, you'll walk with us and talk with us and be with us every second of every day while we're on this side of eternity. And then, Lord, when this is over, you got a home already prepared for us in glory. Well, every day will be Sunday and Sabbath will have no end. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Matter of fact, I don't even need to preach now. That was a sermon right there. I don't need to preach, but since I prepared something, I will. Amen. To God be all the glory. I thank the Lord Jesus for this day, the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of Jehovah God. To my brother and sisters in, in Christ, to Pastor Lofton for being with us again on this morning. To every one of you, members and those who are visiting, we at Roanoke Salem are so blessed that you will come and worship with us. And when you are here, this is home. You're not visiting. When you come to Roanoke Salem, you are home because all of this belongs to God and we're all his people. I pray we all are under the covering of the blood of Jesus. Church family, go very quickly to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. And I'm going to read this from the New International Version of the Bible. This is what it says. Therefore, this is Paul writing that. Well, it's debatable whether or not this is Paul. There's a little controversy about that. But anyway, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher, or in this case it says author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, talking about Jesus, consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Just for a few minutes, let us reason together from this thought. Sometimes we have to go through. Sometimes we have to go through. Most of us understand 
that in this life we will face some difficulties, some heartaches, some setbacks. And when church folks find ourselves, and y'all know how we say in the church, when we find ourselves in a difficult season, we say, I'm going through. We say, I'm going through. You hear people say it all the time. How are you doing that? Well, I'm going through. And, and, and so we understand that to mean that whatever it is, that brother or sister is, is in a season that they're being challenged in some way. Trial, trouble, tribulation, but, but, but that's what that term I'm going through is understood to be meaning within the church family. Let me tell you a story about going through. 2003, there was a young man named Aaron Ralston, R-A-L-S-T-O-N. Aaron Ralston was a rock climber, and, and, and on this particular day, uh, I think it was in May of 2003, he went out to do some rock climbing out in uh, Utah, uh, in, in the mountains of Utah, and, uh, on the rocks of, the, of Utah. And while he was out there rock climbing by himself, uh, an 800-pound boulder shifted as he was climbing. He was in a crevice between two bigger rock, two large rocks, and he was in, in a crevice. And an 800-pound boulder shifted, and that boulder ended up landing on his arm. Aaron was trapped like that for five days. By the fifth day, he had no food, he had no water, and he knew that if he didn't do something, he was going to die. So he summoned up all his natural will, and uh, first thing he did was he, he, he kind of twisted and wrenched his body using the weight of the boulder as leverage, and he broke his own arm. Because you can imagine now, from the part that was trapped five days, probably that part of his arm was dead anyway. And then he reached into his pocket, and he pulled out a pocket knife. And Aaron cut off his arm at the point where it was trapped. Aaron, with one arm, had to repel 65 more feet to get out of the crevice he was in after having just cut off his own arm. And then when he got to the top back on ground level, he started walking back to his car and, and, and he met some other climbers who were coming to where he was as he was walking back to his car and they you know, got him to the hospital. And listen, he's alive and doing well today and guess what, he's still climbing rocks which I say, I won't talk to him because something wrong with that. But anyway, he's still climbing rocks. But, but I share that story with you as a, as, as a testimony to, to going through something, right? You know, when you have to make such a drastic measure like that. Well, well, well if you and I found ourselves in that kind of uh, situation, and if we didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we might have lost our minds. Anybody find themselves in that situation, you can understand something of that serious of nature. But, but my sisters and brothers in Christ, we should already know that Jesus said everybody, saved and unsaved, will have trouble sooner or later. In other words, sometimes we have to go through. Here's what I want to focus on today. Jehovah God wants us to use our go-through season to build up our endurance. We need to build up our spiritual endurance. What is endurance? Amen. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines endurance as the ability to withstand hardship or stress. Endurance is the ability to withstand, to deal with hardship 
or stress. I, I know this may sound crazy, but, but sometimes we have to go through to get our breakthrough. Amen. Amen. When you hear people talking about they're looking for, they're believing for their breakthrough, you better understand that before you get through your breakthrough, a lot of times you got to go through. Sometimes your breakthrough is on the other side of your go-through. That's not always the case, but oftentimes it is. Amen. Amen. And, and, and as we are going through, remember this. God wants to build up our endurance because he wants to increase our faith in him. He wants to encourage people around us, and he wants to help somebody get saved. As we are going through, God wants to build up our, our endurance, our ability to withstand uh, a hardship or stress because he wants to increase our faith in him. He wants to use our going through to encourage people around us, and then he wants to use that our situation to help somebody get saved. Now, now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. And I said just a few minutes ago, Bible scholars disagree about who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some of them believe that it was Paul. Some say it may have been the apostle Luke. And some say it's just unclear and unknown. But, but in any case, in the 11th chapter of, of, of Hebrews, that's that famous chapter of faith. And many of us know that. Chapter 11 begins with, you know, now faith is, and then it goes through the rest of that chapter. Uh, in, in this chapter, chapter 11, we find a list of people God used to do great things because of their faith. Amen. Here in chapter 12, when we get to chapter 12, verse 1, the writer refers to a great cloud of witnesses. When he says that in that first verse of chapter 12, that great crowd of witness, great cloud of witnesses, he's referring back to all those people he talked about in chapter 11. So, so when the writer says in chapter 12 and verse 1, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about all those folks that he talked about back in chapter 11. Then the writer encourages you and me to, to throw off, to kick off, to get rid of every weight and sin that would stop us from running our personal race with perseverance. Now, it's interesting because Sister Carlino said something when she was talking to us earlier. She made mention of the fact that God has something for every one of us to do. And what he has for us to do is, is our own personal assignment. Amen now. We have a collective assignment as the body of Christ, but every one of us has a personal assignment as we live on this side of eternity. And that's what the writer is saying here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He said, throw off every weight and sin that would stop us from running our personal race with perseverance. In other words, the writer is saying that God has a predetermined path for every individual to walk on because there is something God wants each of us to do. Amen now, whether you believe it or not, God didn't save you just for you. God didn't save me just for me. God saved me to use me to help somebody else get saved, to help somebody else be blessed, right? All right, to help somebody else come to know him. Let's keep moving. Here is something that there is something that he wants each of us to do, and we don't need to be worried and get hung up if our personal assignment is large or small. We just need to be grateful 
that God counselors worthy to do anything for him. See, some folk get hung up on, well, why she got that position? You know, why, 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 why is she able to feed three or four hundred folks a day at a soup kitchen that she started? Don't worry about that. Just be grateful that you know somebody God thought was worthy to do something and roll your sleeves up and go over there and serve some meals too. Go wash some dishes. Whatever it is. Don't get hung up on what the assignment is. Be grateful that God finds you worthy that he's willing to use you to do anything. Because the fact of the matter is, and I start myself, if you look back over some of our lives, not a one of us should be used for nothing. Not nothing holy anyway. Amen now. I'm talking about myself first. But that amazing grace that made him look past my faults and see my needs, that same love and that amazing grace is why when we get saved, he cleans us. And then we become worthy for service with him. Let's keep going. The writer also says, I'm still in in verse 1 of chapter 12. The writer also says there are weights and the sin that could be stumbling blocks in our path if we allow them to be. Now, the weights that he's talking about here are the activities of daily life. In other words, the weights that, 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 that are on us are just our responsibilities. Just living day to day. With very few exceptions, you don't get through this world not doing anything. You got to work. Or you got to have some way of earning income. You know, and listen, think about it. Most of us, even those of us in the body of Christ, when we see somebody that's not working and we think they're able-bodied and they could work, we talk about them. That old lazy so-and-so. Yeah, sitting at home collecting a check that I help pay for. My taxes. Helping keep him at home. He riding up and down the highway on a car and it's, it's, it's my money that's helping him live like that. Amen now. The weights are the stresses of everyday life. And all of us have them. You got to work. You got to eat. You got to have a place to stay. Married, you got, may have a family. You got that responsibility. If you're single, you still have responsibilities. You still got pays the bills to pay when you're single. You still have taxes to pay at the end of the year when you're single. You still got to keep up, do maintenance on your car when you're single. So, so the weights that the writer is talking about are those day, daily stresses and those daily activities that could be stressful to us. And then he says, the sin that so easily entangles us. What is that sin? That sin is whatever it is in your life. And every one of us has at least one. That, that, he says, the sin that so easily entangles, my sin and your sin may be different. And let me be very clear, it doesn't have to be anything of a sexual or immoral nature in that sense. But whatever, if you got a quick temper, if you don't have patience with folks, that's sin. Because the Bible tells us we have to be careful and thoughtful about how we speak to folk. If you're the kind of person that you always have negative thoughts about folks, you are quick to judge and be negative about, you know, and if folks don't think the way you think, then, you know, they crazy, they, they whatever. That's sinful. That's arrogance is what it is, and that's a sin. So, so the sin is whatever it is. Now, for some of us, it could be drinking and drugging and, and, and womanizing or manizing or whatever it is, but it ain't got to be that. But all of us have something that our flesh desires to do. 
if it's not in our bodies, it's in the way we think, and it, it is a problem for us. And even after we get saved, we have to spend a lot of times in prayer and meditation and asking the Holy Spirit to remind us to not to give, give in to whatever that is. So the writer acknowledges that there is a sin. He says the sin that so easily entangles us. So whatever that is in your life, and all of us have one, but here's the main point of verse number one. If we want to accomplish God's assignment, we have to build up endurance. We have to build up endurance, church family. We got to build up endurance. You have to ha be able to, to, to handle some things, to, 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 to go through some things, to, to let some things be like water rolling off a duck's back. You can't let every little thing that comes along shake you to your core. You have an idea or a vision or a plan to get something done, and the first time somebody says to you, well, that ain't going to work, then there you go. You, you just give up right then. And it may not be anybody. Maybe it's a specific person says to you, no, that ain't going to work. Why are you doing that? No, you've got to be able to endure. What's another word for endure? Persevere. You've got to be able to persevere through some things if you live in a, a life in Christ. With God's help, we can learn to throw off the weight and the sin that's always present in our lives. In other words, and I know that's right because Isaiah 49, 40 and 29, Isaiah declares that God gives power to the weak and he increases the strength of those who have no might. God gives power to the weak and he increases the strength of those who have no might. Church family, sometimes we have to go through. There's no need to fool yourself. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how senior you are. I don't care how holy you are. You're going to have to go through something in this life. You just might as well make up your mind. It's part of our walk as Christians. You're going to save the unsaved. You're going through something. I've got two points I want to share with you today, and they come from verses 2 and verse 3, and then I'll be finished. So let's look at verse number 2. In verse 2, the Hebrew writer tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. The King James says he's the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus endured Jesus persevered. Jesus cast off the weight. He didn't have sin. He was tempted, but he didn't have sin. But Jesus endured the shame and the pain of dying on a cross. A death sentence that was given only to the worst criminals of his day. Jesus just wasn't on that cross and he was suffering the pain and being called a criminal. He was being called the worst criminal. A death on the cross was for the lowlifes. A death on the cross was for the folk that were absolutely thought to be despicable. And that's what they thought about Jesus. That's why they put him on that cross. But the Bible says that he endured the shame and the pain of dying on the cross. Amen. And then, and then it says in verse 2 that Jesus died on the cross. Why? For the joy set before him. That means he died on that cross for the reward that he would get. What reward did Jesus get? He got all power. He got all power in heaven and in earth. And also, he sits at the right hand of God the Father to this very day. As you and I are going through, here's point number one. As you and I are going through, point number one, stay focused on Jesus. As we are going through, stay focused on Jesus. That's what the writer said. He said, fix our eyes. He means stay focused on Jesus. What does that, how does that mean play out? in our everyday practical lives. This is what it means. 
Pray to Jesus daily. Read his word daily. Talk with him daily. Praying to Jesus and talking to Jesus are two separate things now. I want you to understand that because every conversation is not a prayer. Yes, we need to pray with him and give him the reverence uh, when we come into his presence that he deserves as, as the king of kings and lord of lords and the savior of But you can have daily conversation with Jesus just like you talk to everybody else. Some folk don't talk to Jesus. Some folk only communicate with Jesus when they're in a church setting or when they're praying. But Jesus is like, your, he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your ride and die. He really does. And you can talk with him just like you talk with your best friend. Now, of course, I mean, I know some of us may talk to our best friend a certain kind of way. So now remember, you are talking to the Lord. But what I'm saying is, as far as just being for real, for real, with Jesus about whatever's going on with you or whatever you're concerned about, whatever you want to tell. Even if you're upset with Jesus, you could tell him that too. Come on now. Jesus, that's how close he wants to be with us, that we know at any time I can open up my mouth and just start having a conversation with Jesus. Why? Because he's always right here. I ain't got to go looking for him. I don't have to call and set an appointment. I don't have to send him a text to see if he's busy. I can talk to Jesus anytime anywhere and he's listening and guess what if you talk to Jesus he'll talk back with you stay focused on Jesus it's the last thing I want to add to this I said how we how does this what does that mean stay focused on Jesus pray to him read his word talk with him and then this is the last one and this is practical this is natural but it's still of the Lord seek help if you need it that's another way how we stay focused on why do I say that because God gave man knowledge and God gave man knowledge to be able to help us. But the thing we have to always remember, and as Christians, we should always remember, all good and perfect gifts come from the Lord, right? So if a surgery or if a medicine or if a procedure can help your mind or your body, that still comes from the Lord. God is the reason why we know anything at all that we know as human beings. We don't know anything that God has not allowed us to know. So if you need to go see a psychiatrist, go see one. I would suggest you try to find a Christian psychiatrist or at least one who uh, professes some type of faith in the Lord Jesus, whether they call themselves Christian or not. If you need to go see a doctor, go to the doctor. God is not mad with you because you go to the doctor because he gave the doctor the knowledge to know what to do to help you. If he wants to heal us supernaturally through miracles, to God be the glory. If he wants to use medical science, to God be the glory. But all good and perfect gifts in every area of life, they all come from the Lord. As we are going through, point number one, stay focused on Jesus. Let me share some scriptures with you to reinforce this. Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance of every good work. Here's one more. Philippians 4 and 19. Y'all know it like I know. You can quote it with your eyes closed. It says, and my God 
shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by who? By Edwin Horsley? No. By President Trump? No. By Oprah Winfrey? No. By, by Taylor Swift? No. By Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever we need, God's got it. Amen. Let's go on to verse 3. We're coming home. Verse 3 tells us, says, consider him, that's Jesus, who endured, there's that word again, who endured bitter hostility from men so that we won't grow weary or get exhausted or lose heart while we're going through. Why is that? Because he's our example. If he went through, he says we can go through. Amen now. As we're going through, here's point number two, my final point. As we're going through, be convinced that God will bring us out. As we're going through, be convinced. Be, have your mind made up that God will bring us out. When anybody is going through a season of trials or trouble or tribulation, it's understandable that we may feel like just giving up. Doesn't matter how strong we think we are, we're going to, as we're going through, there will always be a moment when we want to give up, when we want to give in, when we want to give out. How do I know there's always going to be a moment in our lives? Because Jesus himself had that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. The human side of him was at a point where he really wanted to give up. Matter of fact, asked his daddy, said, Daddy, if there's any way that I don't have to do what I need to do and do it this way, you, 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 you change it to something else. But then the Spirit said, not my will, but thy will be done. So it's understandable that if Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, had that moment, you know we're going to have moments like that. It's just human nature. When that make it or break it moment comes, and that's what it is, it's a make it or break it moment. When that make it or break it moment comes, we need to refocus our minds on Jesus Christ and be refreshed and reinvigorated. So when we are going through, we need to be convinced that Jesus will bring us out if we put our faith in him. Jesus was dependable back then, and he is still the only one that we can depend on today. It's not that my mama and my daddy and brother deacons and my best friend and my wife and all, it's not that they don't want to do something to help me, but sometimes they can't. Amen now. They're just as human as I am. But the only one we can always depend on is Jesus Christ. I believe there are some witnesses sitting here right now who will testify that when you're going through, if you just keep trusting Jesus, he will bring you out with a victory. If you believe God's word is true, and I believe it's true, listen to these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 33 and 34 and 35. Hebrews 10, 34, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't give up. That's all that's saying. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. There's that word again. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God ain't going to give up on you. You may give up, 
But God is determined not to give up on you. You may walk away. You may stray away. You may sit down for a while and have a little pity party. I'm not making, I'm not saying that being a sarcastic or disrespectful because I've had mine too. But all the while that's going on, God is just still standing right there. He's just right there. He don't go away. He's just, okay, are you, are you good now? Okay, come on, let's go. Let's get up. Let's get on back on this path. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Last one, Psalm 138, verse number seven. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, Jesus, you will revive me. You, Jesus, will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. When you are going through, my second point again, be convinced that God will bring you out. Amen. I close with these words. As long as Jehovah God lets us live, sometimes we have to go through. It, it, we just have to now. There's no way around it. Sometimes we have to go through. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Sometimes our go-through season is unexpected. Life is going along well, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something happens. You get a bad medical report. Somebody hacks your personal information and has access to your bank accounts, taking all your money out. A person that you thought was your dear friend betrays a confidence. Your job plays out. Your marriage gets rocky. Your children stop speaking to you. Amen, all kinds of stuff can just happen all of a sudden. Uh, you begin to recognize that maybe your mind doesn't focus as clear as it used to. All kinds of things can happen even when life is going along well. Amen. So we're going to go through. But listen now, sometimes we go through because we're living in sin and God is just allowing us to reap what we've sown. Amen now. Amen. Sometimes the going through ain't because God has taken us to something to test us. Sometimes we're just reaping what we've sown. Why? Because we know we're not living according to God's standards and we do different. And God just allows us to suffer the consequences of what we're doing, whether he's punishing us or whether it's a natural consequence. But it's going to be some kind of reaction to when we live in sin and it ain't going to be good. Amen now. But I thank God for Jesus. The Bible says, even if I'm going through because of my sin, the Bible says, if I confess my sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive my sins, and he will cleanse me of all the unrighteousness of my sins. That means if I will ask Jesus to forgive me, he will give me his grace and mercy. And when he knows I've suffered enough, when he knows I've been punished enough, he'll bring me out. So even right now, I say that to somebody who may be here and you're not saying, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you will ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, he'll forgive you, he'll deal with you, and he'll bring you out. Amen. Now, you're not lost. When we are going through tough times in life, we need the endurance that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. So from this day forward, church family, I pray if you don't remember anything else, you remember those two points. When you're going through, stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. Pray to him. Read his word. Talk to him. Seek help if you need it. Amen. And the second point is, when you're going through, you be confident 
that he's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you out if you keep trusting him. Amen now. If you keep saying, God, I thank you. Didn't he say, in all things give thanks? Why do we think that means just the good stuff? That ain't what it says. It says, in all things give thanks. And he's going to work on the fact that we trust him enough to give thanks in all things. And you know what? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to keep on uh, keeping my mind focused on Jesus, and I'm confident he's going to bring me out when I'm going through because he is my example. He had to go through too now. He had to go through. His life on that cross and his death didn't cost you or me anything, but it cost him everything. Cost his father everything. But Jesus was willing to go through for you and for me. That's why he came down through 40 and two generations, wrapped himself in a human body. He was going through. Don't y'all know? Come on, y'all. Let's not, let's, let's not keep acting like we got to be goody two-shoes because we sitting up in church. Let's be, let's be some real saints. Y'all know they called Jesus everything but a child of God when he was a little boy because everybody knew that Joseph wasn't his daddy. Everybody knew that. Mary was his mama, but everybody knew that Joseph wasn't his daddy. Not only did the grown folks talk about it, the children talked about it too. Jesus gone somewhere with your illegitimate self. You know they talked about him because that's human nature. But what did he do? He endured because he was on a path because he had an assignment. Jesus was going through. Even when Jesus was going around healing the sick, he still got talked about. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they got mad because Jesus was doing good and people were listening to him saying, repent. And people were listening to him saying, you've got to change your life and you've got to humble yourself and confess your sins. And folks were following Jesus. I told y'all last week, Jesus was a rock star. Jesus was the biggest star on the planet of his day. And the religious folks who used to have all y'all coming here on Sundays, it, it, I tell you what, it was just like if Kanye West would have come out there on that parking lot right now. And I'm not a big Kanye West fan, but half of us would jump up and run out there right now if Kanye West... It, it's, it's, that, it's, 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 that, it's that kind of magnetism, that, that celebrity status. Well, Jesus, of course, was holy all the way, but he had that, that, that celebrity status, that magnetism. And so the Sadducees and the, and the Pharisees, the religious church folk, they were mad with Jesus. They talked about Jesus like a dog. They plotted to kill him several times before he even got to that cross. But Jesus endured it all because he was going through. He went through for you and for me. When Jesus let them take him out of the garden of this Gethsemane, and he let them take him to Pilate's judgment hall, Jesus was going through. They falsely accused Jesus of doing stuff he did not do. They told lies on Jesus, and he stood right there, and he didn't say a word. He was going through because there was an assignment he had to complete. And then after they falsely judged and accused him and, 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 they, and they convicted him, that's when they started to beat him. That's when they started to slap him in his face. That's when they started to spit in his face. That's when they started to pull his beard out of his chin. That's when they put that crown of thorns on his head and blood came from his crown because those, those, thorn, those rose thorns were sticking him in his head. And they weren't even halfway through with him. Then they drug him outside and beat him. Beat him so badly that his back fell open. His skin on his back just flayed open. And you could see his rib cage. You could see his bones from the bleeding. Jesus endured all that. He was going through. But he was going through because there was something he knew he had to complete. Went up on that cross after walking up Galgutha's rugged hill, dragging his own 200, 300-pound cross 
almost by himself the whole way. He was going through. Let them nail him in his hands. Let them nail him in his feet. He was going through. But he was going through for you and me. Let them pierce him in his side. And out came his blood and his water. And it cleansed away our sins. Jesus was going through. But he was going through for us. He didn't mind taking that shame. He didn't mind suffering that pain because he wanted everybody sitting at Roanoke Salem today to be able to be saved. And the Bible says we didn't kill Jesus. He gave up his own life. That spear in his side didn't kill Jesus. The Bible said he dropped his head. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he dropped his own head on his shoulder. And then he died. Went in a borrowed tomb. Stayed there Friday. He was going through. Stayed there all day Saturday and Saturday night. He was still going through. But the Bible records that early on that Sunday morning, Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Rosa Sharon, Jesus, the Lion of Judah, Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, Mary's little baby, Jesus, my rock, Jesus, my shield. He got up, the Bible says, with all power in heaven and on earth. One virgin said, even under the earth. He got up with all power. He went through. He endured because he wanted you and me to have the opportunity to be saved. He went through all that for us. Surely. And we're saved now. Those of us who've given our lives to him, we're saved. Our, our eternal salvation is set. We know we're going to heaven when we die. And not only that, we have him right with us every day. He's taking care of us every day. So if Jesus would go, endure and go through all that for us, surely while we're on this side, we can go through some stuff for him. If you're saved, you heard Sister Carlino talk about that. We are supposed to be different from the world. When you represent the Lord Jesus, and you don't have to go around saying amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, with a big chain and a cross hanging off your neck. When you show up, people know you're different. There's a different spirit about you. There's a different character about you. And the folks that got them old demonic spirits in them, when you show up, they back up or they get ready to fight. Because they know they can't just run roughshod no more. Even one saint of God show up in the room. Them spirits know they ain't got it like they used to have it. No more, as long as you up in there. Surely we should be willing to go through sometimes if we're going through the cause of Christ. If I got to suffer, God will help me go through. If I lose my family and my friends, God will help me go through. Because he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. If I lose my last dime, God will help me go through. Because he said he'll supply all my need. Amen now. Amen. Whatever it is. We're going to have to go through sometimes, church family. But I'm telling you, we can go through with confidence knowing that there's victory on the other side. Why? Because the God is going to give us the victory in Christ Jesus. So as you go through your, as you have your go through season, whatever it is, whatever it is, please don't give up. Please don't give in. Please don't compromise your faith. Stick with what you know is right and true. Keep asking the Lord to help you. 
And keep asking the Lord to make you a blessing to others, even while you're going through. And God will give you a double portion of blessing. Come on, let's give the Lord some glory.